Thank you all um, for allowing me to be the awkward human being that I am (laughs) and not making it so that it all has to be smooth, you know, and that kind of is in line um, with what we're going to talk about today, which is how we can show up for ourselves and in our relationships more authentically, right? Um, And I think I was just actually right before class speaking on the phone with a friend who needed my help. Um, And we'll talk about what occurred, but one of the things I said to her is like, we've tried being the perfect friend, right? We've tried being the perfect yoga teacher. We tried... um, like having three yoga studios and (laughs) doing that whole thing, having everything be gorgeous. Like we tried all of these things and it turns out that, um, you know, it isn't permanent, right? And there's like a grief there, but there's also uh, um, freedom there. That's the flip side to all of this groundlessness is that there is this sweet um, sort of knowing that we get to have that none of it is going to be permanent, including our anxiety, including that feeling of nervous excited that I had starting out, that all of it is shifting and changeable. So it's a both and there's this beautiful paradox um, in knowing that there is a groundlessness that we're working with. Okay, so um, in the groundlessness, sometimes what can happen, and we've seen a lot of evidence of this in our culture in the last five years or so, that when we feel unstable and uncertain, and I would even say insecure, right, whether internally or externally, that it causes us to really want to create and manifest a certain reality, right? There's this feeling of wanting to grasp and hold on to something that might be certain, right? And pre-pandemic, you might just think about this for yourself. I'll tell you my experience because that's the only person that I can speak for. (laughs) We, I, um, you know, was like, I have the best life. I teach yoga six times a week. I run trainings. I go on retreats. I love my children. I like um, was coming out of the divorce feeling okay. You know, all of the things were starting to line up and had this really like, it's hilarious to me now, but had this feeling like 2020 is my freaking year, you know? Um, and, <laughs> and then of course, um, all of that, right? Um, me knowing what to do, where to go on Mondays, where to go on Tuesdays, where to go on Wednesdays, sort of like disappeared instantaneously on March 16th. And then in that new space, right? Like, because our brains are like, wait, I need, just need something that can be certain, some sort of thing that can, I can grasp onto and control. Um, I then created like the new online reality, which we're still kind of working in today, where it's like, okay, I show up on Sundays, I show up on Mondays, like Tuesdays, Wednesdays, I know what I'm doing, right? I know what I'm doing, I've got it. There's like then this like new certainty that arises. And then the funny thing, um, which maybe some of you are experiencing, maybe you're not having this experience, 
as that as we're starting to come out of um, complete shelter in place lockdown status, there's this real discomfort that I am experiencing because now um, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I literally like have no idea. I'm like, are we supposed to gather in person? Are we supposed to like do that all the time? Like we used to, is it only going to be once in a while? Like, is this even like my job? Is this what I, my calling anymore? Like all of it has felt sort of like thrown up into the air. And I, the parts that I had like been holding on to that felt so certain now feel like very tenuous threads that are disappearing in my hands. Right. And just thinking about your own experience with this kind of groundlessness, just sort of like, what's your story, right? (laughs) What's been your experience with it? And is there a part of you that feels a little bit nervous about things beginning to open up, right? Because like we started out talking about, there was a part of me that really really felt certain about the life that I was living, that it was going to be forever, um, that Love Hive was going to be forever, that I would do that until the day that I died, right? That our community would be like that together forever. (laughs) And um, now there's a part of me that really doesn't want to work that way anymore, right? That I can see the parts of it that... um, we're not working and that we're feeding a part of me that was needing something, right? That was like fulfilling that part of me that really felt my sense of worth coming from being of service in that way. And having it all taken away has redirected my sense of self and sense of worth inward, right? And when that happens, Sort of the funny, another funny paradox is that then um, we don't necessarily make the same choices or make the same patterns that we used to because we feel okay inside. Does that make sense? Um, I hope it does. I, I, had, I put this meme up that Amanda, um, who teaches for free love, she reminded me of and it's this picture of this caterpillar having tea with a butterfly and the caterpillar looks at the butterfly and says you've changed and the butterfly says we're supposed to <laughs> right and I think more than anything else in this pandemic uh that is like the meme right sort of that describes it um And by pandemic, I also would like to just clarify that I mean the whole landscape of that time, including, right, the social justice movement that has arisen since the death or even before the death of um, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, um, and the ways in which we've had to look at ourselves and how we relate to white supremacy and the capitalist hierarchy, right? And then also to the earth, like we're in right now a very tenuous moment where climate change is really, climate crisis is really freaking obvious, right? So, um, hmm, in these moments, it can often happen when we're like, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) 
like what's going to happen that we tend to want to grasp, right, for something that can be um, comfortable because of how uncomfortable we are. And oftentimes it can be moments in which we start to grasp onto old limiting belief systems, to old stories that are familiar to us, right? Um, so, for example, the friend that I was speaking to this morning has a story very much in relationship to what we were just talking about, but um, because she worked in the healthcare field in a hospital every single day, except for her days off, her social life got very constricted and small. Um, for fear of being infected by other folks, but also infecting, right, other folks. And so um, the time and the space that she had to share with others emotionally and then also physically just like went in and sort of constricted and became really, really small. And I know we have a lot of folks who work in the healthcare industry in our community, and I'm sure that you can relate to that. And um, there's another particular friend who mm, didn't understand, right, that dynamic so much. And um, they've had a falling out. And my friend is really struggling with the limiting belief that because she wasn't able to care for this friend, that she is somehow wrong and bad, right? Um I have a very similar limiting belief system that arises with our community. Like, because I wasn't able to um, carry the community intact through this pandemic, that there is something wrong and bad about me, right? And um, what does that do, right? <laughs> these limiting belief systems, A, they're coming from a core wound that exists inside of us, right? Something probably that came from our mm, caregivers, from our society, from the air we breathe in culturally that denies some part of our humanity. Like it's a not okay to suffer. Like it's not okay to let go of things. It's not okay to need care and love ourselves. There's some, I can guarantee you for every single one of you that there is probably some sort of limiting belief, right? Some sort of belief that makes us smaller and rigid and less trusting, not only of ourselves and our own intuition, right? But of each other, of each other. And like we spoke of in the beginning, now more than ever, our interdependence is necessary. Our mutual care of one another is necessary. We can't do this alone, right? And insights don't happen alone. The rising of wisdom doesn't happen alone. Um, insights in the rising of wisdom happen from being in relationship with one another, from coming together and telling the truth of saying the thing that we are afraid to say, right? I just told you like seven, it'll make me like cry, but like at least seven things that have been very hard, right? For me, I'm going to like look away and drink coffee for me to say out loud. Um, but it's true. It's the truth. And that's how we grow together is by coming together and telling the truth. Okay, pause, breathe, drink coffee. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Um, Maharaj, um, 
who wrote, I am not a book. I don't have it here with me that I read often before I meditate said that illusion exists because it is not investigated. Right. So I tell you all of these stories about, um, friends and the caterpillar looking at the butterfly and myself, not so that you can be like, (laughs) wonderful. Seems like Audra's got some stuff going on, but rather so that as a community together and then individually that we can start bringing, right, the illusion that is uninvestigated above the line so that we can see it, right, and be able to be with it and tend to it, right? To tend to something is to be tender. To tend to something is to be tender, And that many times when we bring it above the line and we're able to see what it is, what story we're telling that helps us to be with the discomfort of groundlessness. Like we can't just like vilify it and be like, oh, here's the villain story. There's a way in which these stories have helped us to survive and that they deserve gratitude and attending to and a love like any other part of us, right? And the part of us that was wounded long ago by our caregivers where some part of our humanity we figured out was deemed to be unacceptable or not belonging or in some way um, separate from us. We're trying to like undo that pattern consciously and with compassion and with care. So here's the questions, my love, my loves. And you can write it in the chat. I think that that can be really helpful. We did a group share when we did this yesterday. Um, You know, we, the first question here is just to like, when, when you're upset, when you feel the groundlessness, when you feel scared about the climate crisis, when you are like, oh my gosh, we're coming out of the pandemic. I kind of don't know how I want to be because I've changed right? I've changed and that's okay. We're supposed to like, what sort of like little story are you believing? What are you believing about you? What's the thing that's off limits, right? What's the thing that's off limits? And I would encourage you to write it in the chat. If you, if you know the thing, the limiting belief system, Um, I'll say a couple that we talked about yesterday, and this is just the first question. There's more. What are you believing right now? What are you believing that's keeping you small, that's keeping you rigid? Can we bring it above the line and look look at it, take it out like a tender, beautiful thing, right? And be like, oh my gosh, I see you trying to protect me so hard from the grief from the hurt, (laughs) right? And that that's okay. Like, I appreciate you doing that, but I also know, right, that I am worthy of love and care even if I'm not caring for someone else, that I am worthy of love and care even if I wasn't able to take this community intact all the way through, right? I am worthy of love and care even if I don't teach yoga in person 700 times a week, right? That all of the things that we did and tried to do that sort of affirmed for us our um, needing to love and care 
needing that we need to be a certain way to deserve love and care, we get to take those apart and look at them. And it is the perfect time, the perfect time to do this. I'm going to read a couple. I used to believe there was value in suffering, that delaying gratification was noble. Totally. Totally. Oh my gosh. That almost feels like a boundary thing to me if we really went into it, right? That to delay gratification, um, to stay the same, to stay stuck. That's one of mine right now is that like if I believe um, that feeling of that I have to do it the way that I did it before, I have this like distinct sense of stuckness and it would be suffering, right? Rather than being in my joy of the person who I am now. New belief to dismantle that I am not responsible for others' experience, suffering, and struggle. The new belief, my needs matter too, as well my right to exist and express myself fully. Yes, that. That's the cycle of it, my loves. That is the cycle. Oh man, thank you all for sharing. I think that it helps people to feel less alone when we share like that because then you realize that it's um, not just you. (laughs) right? (laughs) Who's struggling. And then the second question, what am I believing? And then this is something to take into your practice this week. And I want to hear about it. Like, please rate me, let me know. The second is where am I experiencing this in my body? I can feel it so deep in the center of my heart, just in like a second of tapping in, right? I can feel like the grief that is there that's still a little too tender to touch. We're like getting there, you know, (laughs) like I'm seeing the story that's protecting it because it's too much to feel all at once. And then I feel the ache in my body. So you might pause for just a second. You can put your hands like so, so that you know you're safe. One hand on your forehead, one hand on the back of your neck, and you could feel dropping into your body. Where do you feel the ache? Where do you feel the grief? Where do you feel the anger, the rage maybe? Oh my God, I'm so mad about it. (laughs) Name it, you can name it on the chat. You can name it for yourself whatever you like. Yeah, someone says on the chat, mine is pins and needles radiating from my solar plexus to my heart. Yeah, the solar plexus a lot of times is that place in us that wants to grip and hold. Keeps it shoved down and then from reaching our heart space where we radiate love inward and outward. It's good. A lot of people feel that. Oh, okay. So mm, just looking through my notes to make sure I didn't miss anything. So the thing that gets to happen when we do this, what am I believing? How am I experiencing it in my body? Is that we have the two wings of, um, of the heart, <laughs> essentially. One being wisdom and one being compassion, right? The wisdom is being able to see what's here, what's in front of us, what's true, and then bringing it up, making it alive, 
naming it, bringing it above the line. And then the other wing is the one of allowing ourselves to just feel it without leaving. And when we do that, we start to cultivate for ourselves a deep trust. Like I trust myself to feel this. I trust myself to be able to withstand this. I trust that it also will pass, that it is not permanent, that impermanence has that beautiful positive side, that groundlessness has that beautiful positive side, meaning that even the tightness will change and will shift, right? That it doesn't, um, that it isn't actually stuck. And when we cultivate that trust with our own selves, our ability to withstand the discomfort, to notice that it moves, we cease to identify with a limiting belief with that small place, right? And then begin to identify with that part in us that is always okay. The one who knows, the one who watches, right? Our loving awareness, our quietude, whatever, however you name it, our soul, Because it's in the soul place where we sit back and we look out and we get to see everything moving. And when we can relate to life more and more often from that place, from the one who watches, from the one who knows, from your own loving awareness, the more free and liberated we are. And that's the truth of it. Mm, Yes, as unprecedented fears, unvents unfold, the fear that they will continue and keep coming and keep coming. It does, it's layered right now. (laughs) The climate crisis, the pandemic, the um, continued violence, right? Against people with black skin in this world, in this life. The lack of justice for those who don't, and like care for those who don't have homes. It keeps, it feels very layered. That's a big one. Letting go of grasping onto fantasies to avoid reality. Mm -hmm. And being more present into radically accepting reality. And I feel a heaviness in my heart and the pit of my stomach. I relate to that one a lot. Right? For those of us who have had um, maybe... I'll speak for myself, but you might identify with this as a child who was neglected um, pretty deeply and hardcore. You don't know it all. You can't tell it all, can you? Um, but part of what helped me to survive, right, and I offer this to you, was the forgetting and moving into fantasy. Because if I was to be as a child with the reality of being neglected, oh my goodness, it would have been too much to bear. So I forgot all the time, all the time. But it turns out that doesn't serve us as adults, right? (laughs) It turns out that doesn't serve us as adults. So we learn new ways of being able to be with the truth and to be with reality so we can care for ourselves, right? And not again and again move toward abusive relationships because, oh my gosh, friends, let me tell you from a lot of experience, but for um, abusers, we are like the perfect candidate, those of us who move um, into forgetting, right? Because every day could be a new day and we start over and healing is always possible, right? Um, and that doesn't that doesn't serve us as we get older. That's a really beautiful one. Thank you so much for sharing. Mm. 
sending love to all of our inner children that did what they had to do in order to survive. I think that's good. I think let's end there. Oh, we have something special here, my friends. Thank you for allowing me to change. Thank you for allowing yourselves to change. Thank you for doing the hard work of sticking with this, right? It's not, (laughs) this is not what a lot of people want to be doing with their Sunday morning, right? But I think that as we talked about before, the more we can identify that with that part of us that is expansive and loving and awake and that is really our soul, the more free we become in this life because we know that deep down we're always okay. We're, we're worthy of the most exquisite love and care, right, that this world has to offer. Okay. <laughs>